Talk Travel. And Sally Lucas, a couple of really interesting destinations you're talking about today. And the first one is a little offshore. Well, it is. And a lot of people might not even know where it is or may not have heard of it. Um, but it's Mungo National Park. Now, well, that's I'm- not offshore. No, no, it's not <laughs> offshore. It's, it's quite inland, isn't it? Um, the, the next one will be offshore, but okay. I went to, to this particular area on my way to Kangaroo Island, which is where we're heading eventually today. But Mungo National Park is just such a unique part of Australia. And I think if anyone hasn't been there and loves traveling and seeing our wide brown land, it really is an amazing, moonscape almost, you'd almost call it. I mean, you've got sand dunes and desert, and I guess everyone thinks you've got to go to Central Australia to see desert. Well, of course you don't. And we're right down in the bottom corner, if you like, southwestern corner almost of New South Wales. Um, I guess your closest major town would be Mildura. Um, Broken Hill's a fair bit to the north, um, or Balranald is another um, as you come off the Hay Plains, and uh, we went in via that way and then came out via the Mildura Way. Um, so it is fascinating. You've got to be careful what time of the year you go there because it's all dirt roads, most of it. And if it rains, you can imagine it just turns into even a four-wheel drive, can't can't manage it. So you really do have to be careful and check websites and, and also you know make sure that you can drive in safely because if you got stranded out there, phones don't work. So really you would need to take, you know, I would suggest, uh, you know, an EPIRB or something like that if you were thinking of spending some time in the area because we would go some days, hours, and not see another car. Plenty of emus. I've never seen so many emus in my life in the We've wild. We've heard a pigeon post. Maybe we could use emu wow. post. But how scary. They've got no brains and they run out straight in front of you. I was waiting. I thought, oh, my God, I was worried about hitting kangaroos and wallabies. And there's, I mean, the wildlife is amazing, I must say. Um, but the, the stacks of emus and one just – we just bumped one. He came out from, like, left park out of nowhere because they're so well camouflaged and then just ran out straight in front of us. And he was we, all right? Yeah, well, he, he gave us the evil eye. You had this emu eyes staring at you through the windscreen and we sort of just ruffled his feathers a bit, I think, because if we'd really hit him hard, you can imagine the damage done. And we d- didn't have an EPIRB. We did not see another car th- that day. I mean, obviously, the owners of the lodge we stayed, we told them we were going out and doing the circuit drive that you can do to see all the vantage points. But just remember, you do have to keep that in mind. And also, they always recommend plenty of water. It was 44 degrees when we were there. Um, and most of the temperature for that first week we were away was quite hot. It was in the high 30s, but a lot hotter there. Then they have this incredible landscape called the Walls of China. Now, I don't know why they call it the Walls of China, whether it's supposed to be reminiscent of the Great War. Shame it doesn't have an Australian name, but never mind. That's what they're called. And they're lunettes, they call them. And it's the shape of these and how they're built up with the wind and the erosion. So why this area was so famous and so important to Australian history, both uh, geologically and also from... Um, a human point of view, was it was once a a lake district called the Rolandra Lakes. So all you've got now is just the bed, the lake beds, uh, which is all that's been left. And gradually over time, people have been exploring here. And this is where Mungo Lady was the first discovered and then the the bones of Mungo Man is what they were called. And they didn't think the Indigenous people 40,000 years ago were that sophisticated to cremate, but she had been cremated. And so, but the man, there was a lot more of him left, and he's actually virtually almost been pieced together. Now, whether a female was created over a man, they don't know, or whether it's because she had maybe suffered an illness 
uh, could have been for health reasons, a misdemeanour. They don't really know, but it's it's quite fascinating. But the whole landscape there is just unbelievable. And you go out to the walls of China at sunset and just wait for that sun to go down and the colours, you know, you get going from the pastels to the deep oranges to and it's this starkness. And you're just looking out over these endless plains, really, a, apart from these walls of China. Then when you do the loop, though, you do go to the other side of the walls of China and you come to these sand dunes and so the wind as the westerly winds whip all this up of course and you get these incredible formations you can camp there but it'd be pretty basic camping I must say Um, and it'd be a long thing to try and go in for a day you really need a couple of days in there I feel we we had two nights and I think that was sufficient to see to see most of what you do need to see was it if it was hot during the day was it cold at night no it wasn't actually it cooled down but it wasn't cold Uh, and I'm sure it would be if you got into the winter months but certainly that week that we experienced was was quite hot even in the nighttime temperatures it was in the 20s you know so but you can do a guide up there which is have a guide rather and there's a lovely guy an indigenous guide called Graham who we we followed and learned so much information um, which was fascinating of the people who live there that the other interesting thing was and I can't understand why they would have ever done it Cobb and Co ran their coaches through there why would you there's no water hardly anywhere. Like the poor horses, what did they do? I bet you they lost a lot. And I'd say it must have been a shortcut, you know, to take them through there rather than go around. And there are actual sheep stations there and there's still the old shearers' quarters. Now, you can stay there. They have upgraded it. There is a tourist information centre with some interesting things and they've rebuilt um, the animals. They were huge. Like they look almost like um, the size of um, like a rhino. Uh, we, our animals were that big back so then. So megafauna. Megafauna, mm, yes, okay. huge megafauna and looked very much, not not with a horn, but that big bulbous head and the, very much the look of a of a huge rhino-shaped animal. And, of course, even the kangaroos were, were massive back then, um, great tall couple of metres, you know, incredible. So it is a fascinating part of our history geologically, as I said, from a human point of view as well. And if you can ever include it on one of your road trips, I would certainly well worth recommending it to you. Friday afternoon on 2NURFM, talking travel. That's what we're doing at the moment, Sally Lucas and I. And Sally, we are going to our offshore island now. We certainly are. We're doing all things Oz today because I thought it was about time anyway, even though it's because I've recently been. But I still think it's nice to talk about our wonderful country and how diverse it is. We have got so much to offer here. And um, really, other than, I guess, from the history point of view and that culture that we don't have of the overseas countries, We've got just about everything else you would ever need in Australia to to see and enjoy. Now, Kangaroo Island um, has been widely regarded, of course, as Australia's Galapagos, and I guess, and duly so. I mean, the amount of wildlife on the island is amazing. Um, And I guess they're not really have ever been very much at risk there being an island as well, so they haven't been, you know, slaughtered and so on like lots of other areas. Though at one stage they they did do some whaling there and they also did the same with the seals, but they are protected now and it's all, you know, marine protected and the whole island is, so that, that's fantastic. Did you see lots of seals? Oh, yes. And sea lions. They've got two different colonies. They've got the seal colony and the sea lions. Some of the photos I got are amazing. The seals were probably just young males and they're, they're playing, but they look like they're fighting and they're up, you know, sort of bouncing each other around and then, or they'd go and they were cheeky. They'd 
sort of wobble along the beach and just go and throw themselves on top of another seal to see if they get a reaction and get a bit of a bite and a nibble. And the fast, like you could stay there for hours watching them. And even in the water, they're so graceful, of course. You know, they look lumbersome on land, but you see them in the water and they just put playing in the surf. And, oh, it's just just fantastic. And the sea lion colony was as well. So lots and lots of wildlife, as I said, it, it is one of the main attractions, I guess, of the area. Um, and it is the third largest island in Australia. I don't know whether people realise that. Um, Melville is the biggest off top of Darwin there, and then um, Tassie, and then Kangaroo Island. So it is a big island, and really we did not give it enough time, I will say. I mean, we weren't on a, a destination just to Kangaroo Island. Of course, we were trying to incorporate other areas, but if you had the time, you would really need a week there. Um, we had three nights, and we were right down the southern end, staying at the Southern Ocean Lodge, which is one of the luxury lodges of Australia, and oh my God, it was to die for. Jane, you would love the food. I mean, the chef, he really deserves a medal. I think he was the shining jewel. Not that the accommodation, everything else is absolutely mind-blowing, but the way he presented his food, the freshness, the use of micro-herbs, everything was just, nothing was um, hidden in rich sauces or anything. You know, there was this wonderful fresh produce, and they try and use all the produce from the island. Like they make their own, you know, honey, have their own honey, their own cheeses, their... Most of the produce, they've got their own distillery on the island now. They make their own gin. Um, they even have winery. Um, but where we were, we, as I said, you're in a fairly remote part of the island, Hanson Bay, um, which is right down the southern end of the island. And of course, it, you're, you're facing the great southern ocean. So we, we went from seeing some mild seas to some wild seas, as you can imagine, huge seas. And you just look out there and there's nothing then until you get to Antarctica. I mean, that's there's nothing between Kangaroo Island and and it's only a 45-minute um, ferry ride, of course, from Cape Jarvis is where you get it, the Sea Link Ferry across. Um, I, I mean, I know people go there and go on tours, which you could do as well, but certainly I thought having a car was an advantage if you are on a driving holiday to be able to go. You don't need a four-wheel drive on the island, really. It's it's quite safe, um, you know, to just drive around. Nearly all the roads are sealed. Um, you do have to be careful of wildlife. They've, they've got the Tamar wallaby, which is small and very hard to see, and they're often they're fringe dwellers. They, they sort of eat off the side of the road a lot. So dusk and dawn type times, you've just got to, really slow down and drive very, very carefully. Huge koala population on the island as well, you know. So it, it is really fantastic. And Southern Ocean Lodge is just, I, I just couldn't get over it. I think it was the best place I've ever stayed at. Um, from the welcome you had on arrival to the food to the standard of accommodation and they do provide you with um, some tours they organize a little bespoke itinerary for you they'll take you on a cliff walk um, you do um, canopies with kangaroos one evening at sunset where they take where they know there's going to be lots of kangaroos around um, you do a tour of the sea lion colony and also a lovely tour into the national park and to the seal colony um, plenty plenty to keep you we were busy so we didn't even get to the other side of the island, like Stokes Bay, etc. So really, that's why I'm saying to do it properly, you really need a week. It is a big island. Um, so, But I couldn't get over Southern Ocean Lodge. I thought if only all restaurants and resorts could do whatever they're doing right to train their staff and run a resort properly, I have never been so impressed um, from the friendliness of the staff to you know, every detail from you know service to it was unobtrusive but beautiful. You had a, a walk-in cellar. You could go and get whatever wine you wanted out of the cellar, um, whatever drinks you wanted. It's all inclusive tariff. 
Um, so, I mean, you pay for it, but it was certainly fantastic and a fantastic experience to have. Um, and they also own a lodge on Lord Howe, Capella. Mm. Mm. It's actually um, Dick Smith's daughter huh? and her husband, and they're called Bailey Lodges, B-A-I-L-L-I-E. And apparently they're also now building one in some old quarters. I can't exactly remember where. I can't think it's old hospital quarters or something down on the rocks. In Sydney, and there's talk they might be doing one at Cape Otway on the Great Ocean Road as well. But anyhow, as I said, Kangaroo Island is just one of those amazing places, as is Mungo, so totally different. We went to two totally different destinations doing these two places, and, of course, we did incorporate the Great Ocean Road, which is beautiful as well. So, yeah, if you have never done either of these two destinations, I would certainly recommend them, but give yourself a bit more time, if you can, to do Kangaroo Island so you can do not just the, the deep national park area of the south, but you can do the lovely beach areas, of course, on the other side as well. Thank you, Sally Lucas. And we'll talk travel again next Friday after the 1 o'clock news on 2NURFM.